It is bad to be alone. Alone. Bad. Friend. Good. Friend. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Nance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour, and we have the pleasure once again of a Saturday working with tall guy Nathan Miller. Nathan, how are you doing? Once again, it's right, and good morning and afternoon to you, Gary and Suzanne, for the second time in a row, and second day in a row, too. Second day in a row. It's been a Nathan weekend. That's excellent. <laughs> and you're tracking the baseball. Man, those Astros, you can't shake them. Oh, no, you can't. I was really hoping that the Rangers were, you know, going to, you know, show them who's boss. But suddenly the Astros have taken their postseason experience and said, nah, we got this and have quickly gone to the hill and making the Rangers now fight for their lives instead of having a comfortable lead. So and and it's tied up in the National League, the Phillies and the Arizona Phillies Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's an exciting series. That's one I'm pretty much okay with either team going to the World Series. I want either the Phillies to have revenge on if the Astros make it to the World Series to get revenge on them for what happened last year, or the Diamondbacks. Heck, they're a team that you know you never really see in the postseason so it's that fresh blood going in and also have a couple former mariners on that team as well so i'm basically at this point rooting for the national league to win the world series (laughs) i hate to be a smart aleck but for many years it's been understood that uh sure mariners can make it to the world series one at a time playing for other teams (laughs) exactly and you get like those I never Mariners going to the Yankees. It's like all these Mariners, they, they're yeah. a farm team for the rest of the league. And But not counting them out, though. I mean, they've had really good records these past few seasons in a row. So hopefully they can keep building on that and actually make a good playoff run rather than getting in there and acting like they don't belong. Well said. Well, it's good to work with you once again, Nathan. Today, we've got our buddy. Many times he fills in as a guest host. He's a roving correspondent for me on American Road Trip Talk. Today, we have Matt Shea on Manson Mitchell, where he again fulfills that role, no doubt, admirably. And with such diligence, you can't believe it. There is he talks about not only a recent trip that he took to Virginia City, Nevada, and he's got spooky stories to reveal. We'll lead off with that. And then all the Halloween happenings around Seattle and Puget Sound. Our roving reporter, Matt Shea, is an author having published at least nine paperbacks and 13 ebooks. We're going to get that exact number from him when we bring him on. He is greatly inspired by the writings of Andy Griffith and focuses on the common folk that small towns are made of. His website is www.mattsheabooks.com dot net mattsheabooks.net we're going to find out more about him and his writings and his website at the bottom of the hour but for right now we want to bring him in to talk about virginia city so welcome to manson mitchell not as a host but as our guest today matt 
I'd like to wish a happy Halloween to you and Gary. Happy early Halloween. Well, thank you. What do you think we should be this year if we dress up? Oh, gosh. Uh, anything <laughs> but the Matt Mitchell team, because that'll scare some people out of the Sunshine State. <laughs> there, okay. We live trick-or-treating is if you get three kids to come to your door, you've had a good night for trick-or-treating. You wind up eating the rest of the candy, which we don't need. Most of the kids seem to be going to malls or to uh, parties, school parties and malls. They're not really going door-to-door the way I did when I was a kid. I loaded up my bag. I trick-or-treated for hours, and everybody had something. How about you? Did did you go door-to-door? We went out with pillowcases. And we yes. started off before sunset, and some people would yell, it's not even dark. And some say, oh, our first ones, and they would dump a bowl in. And then we would do it around 11 midnight when they were playing the Lon Chaney, Boris Karloff movies. And oh. they'd say, oh, trick-or-treaters still up. They'd give the rest of the candy dish. We must be yelled at if we were waking them up, yeah. which has often happened. But yeah. honest to goodness, the the rule we had in our household was, when Easter came, the remainder Halloween candy had to be thrown out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ours never lasted till Easter. There were six of us out there doing it, all six of oh us kids. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's, that's fun. That's fun. And what's, where did you grow up, Matt? I grew up in South Seattle, Beacon Hill, and it was kind of a leave it to beaver, 1950 neighbors. We had oh. wonderful neighbors on all sides. We had a yeah. very tame, fun American upbringing, beautiful neighborhood, yes. wouldn't change a yeah. thing. You know, my my dad said that he lived at the best time, and I looked at him like, "What are you talking about? You grew up, you know, like after the depression. I mean, that that's not a great time to grow up." And he goes, "No, I grew up at the best time." And I argued with him, and I said, "Actually, Dad, I grew up at the best time." And and I've come to realize that you know maybe all kids kind of feel that way that they grew up at the best time. And I would hope kids would feel that way because, you know, kids nowadays, they look at me like, you mean you didn't have a cell phone? You didn't have a computer? I mean, that that would be a terrible time to grow up in. But I like that each of us can feel like we grew up at the best time. My daughter tells me she had a wonderful childhood, just a great one, and that's all I got to know. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So when when did you go to Virginia City and what happened? We what did you there, see there? We were there the first week of September, and it was the second time I had been there. I'd been there roughly 15 years earlier, <clears throat> and some of it changed, but most of it had not. little trivia about Virginia City. It was established in 1859. In 1875, they had a fire. Katie Shea had an oil lantern fall over, set her boarding house on fire, and the whole town went with it. It destroyed over 2,000 structures and lost about 300 citizens in the process. But between 1876 and 77, the main drag was rebuilt. And so we went to the Way It Was Museum, which is roughly 50 years old, and they give you a lowdown on the town's history. But then you get to the saloons and everything. And I'll go straight to the top. We went to the Silver Queen Hotel and Saloon, rebuilt in 1876. And we were told the Silver Queen Hotel and Saloon is by far the most haunted. They get the most reports from people coming and going. 
we saw some activity there, undisputed. At the Silver Queen, we were in the wedding chapel, which has the most activity, and at one time it was their morgue. Behind the podium where the preacher would stand, and I now pronounce you man and wife, such as Captain Tennille had done in that room before, I asked, what's behind that door? And they said, well, this is where the mortuary stole, stored the bodies if it was too frozen out to bury them. I asked if I could look in it, and they allowed me to. They had to wrestle that door because it slowly set with the building setting, warped, concaved. They finally got it open. It shuttered. But when I took a look in, in front of me, from the ceiling coming down, a light cast itself like a stage light. It just went from the top to the bottom and collected to my left. And I got a picture of the tail end of it that I sent Gary. And then in that room, I kept taking pictures, some of them with motion. And when I studied them later, I caught some orbs moving around, undisputable. And again, some of these pictures were sent to you. So the whole place has such a thing. The wedding chapel has two pianos. They got pictures with orbs on it. People talk about shadows. Upstairs, there was shady business because of the brothel activity, the dangerous side of it. And they often see the ghosts of women dressed for the night walking down the hallway or the stairway, returning to the street so far. That's a common report. Just amazing there. The show Ghost Adventures started off there. And a little bit of trivia, Mark Twain got his stage name when he was in that saloon, the Silver Queen. Just, you've been in there before. Yes, Gary and I have been to Virginia City, and I was going to mention Mark Twain, and you, you kind of beat me to it. He was a newspaper man there. Yes, he was. For a while. Yeah. And they have the Mark Twain Museum across the street. That That's where Gary and I spent a lot of time. Yeah. But it's a fun place, isn't it? It's it's not huge. You can walk around, park once, and walk most of it. Well, I love it. And then people told us to go to the Palace Restaurant. They say it has a great meal there. The Palace Restaurant was opened in 1875, and I had to ask. They said, you bet we're haunted. When you walk in there, to the left, you see a bar. And they say this bar at opposite corners, people say, hey, quit pushing me. They turn around and nobody was there. They say it happens on a daily basis. They say we get orbs, and what we were sitting at, they pointed at a specific lamp, and they say for whatever reason on its own, it starts to sway back and forth and spin. Then they pointed at another lamp amongst the clusters, and they say that one in particular, for whatever reason, does that. But they also hear footprints going up the stairs when they know nobody is upstairs. The crew's all downstairs, but it's the kitchen. They see the, they see the ghosts of elderly men, meaning plural, walking around in that kitchen. It's a common. When you get employed there, they explain these things to you to see if you could accept it because your number's got to come up. You're going to see these things. Mm. When, when you visit these haunted sites, Matt, are you just down and out curious, or does it ever make you nervous to go to some of these haunted locations? I get enthused because it's a different sector of life for us to find out. And so I know I am entering 
a building, an establishment that has this activity going on, just as people like you and I frequent these places. So I'm not scared. I'm curious, and I have my hopes up a bit, but it's all done proper. I'll say prayers. Uh, I have a friend that sometimes brings holy water. We do not fidget with things considered cult. When you have these legitimate places of business that are two centuries old and you have all these stories, it's fair play. We're not doing demonic things. We're going to America 200 years ago, and there's a spirit realm about that that seems to be staying there till Judgment Day. That's my take on it. Very interesting. We love going there. When you go to Virginia City, yes, you can walk the street, but that's not to say that you can't take a tour where they drive you around and you have a narrator. And we did that. It was a lot of fun. And you, you can step out. There's a, a place be just beyond the city limits there, but easy driving distance, where you can stand up on a little promontory and look at the wild horses off in the distance, have that western vista to enjoy as well. I love that. Now, are you aware, familiar with the suicide table? No, I'm not. No. The suicide mm -hmm. table is aptly named, and it entered Virginia City in the 1860s because, again, Virginia City was discovered right around then. The suicide table used to be a faro table, but the game faro was too easy to cheat on, and so it became a blackjack table. Three previous owners committed suicide when they've lost their fortunes betting on that table. So, uh. so the Delta Saloon, which is the oldest one there, and it was established in 1860, a year after the town was established, it held it for years, but in 2019 they had a gas explosion, took out almost half of the saloon. Only one person had a minor injury, thank God. So they moved it across the street to the Bonanza, which opened in 1870. So it is still there, and it's pretty much intact because it got caught up in the explosion, but uh, it's still there. But you could look at that. Three suicides. So they took it out of commission, and you could see it, but it's in a glass case at this point. But I did see it years ago, and I kind of ignored the sign that said, don't touch it. I look around, it's on a wall, exposed, don't touch. I was so excited being in Virginia City. I just had to. But don't tell anyone. That's our secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when people go to Reno, Reno, Tahoe, I advise them, make that extra day trip to Virginia City to get a panorama of what life was like back then during Comstock low days the days when Nevada achieved statehood, which I believe was in October of 1864. Bonanza days, I call them. It's a lot of fun to go there. I'm glad you had that experience. That's great, Matt. I loved it, and I can't wait till I return. I will always have a reason to go to Virginia City. Virginia City, Nevada. Now Nevada. let's head north, about to head Seattle. North northwest. That's right. Seattle, Puget Sound, coming up on Halloween time. And with that, there are already activities underway. And we have plenty to talk about. We'll get to as many as we can. It's only recently I found out the dates, and Matt will give us the details. 
for a celebration of Halloween at, of all places, the Seattle Aquarium. Matt, tell our listeners about that one. On October 28th and 29th, the Seattle Aquarium has a Halloween festival there. And among other things, because keep in mind, you're going below the street level. You are going down and you're surrounded by the sea. They have an underwater pumpkin carving contest that you could watch eye to eye. But they have something else. They want you to make sure that you wear your Halloween costume because throughout the aquarium, they have trick or treat. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Uh Under the streets, surrounded by the sea, trick or treat. And then they have something very special. They have the cast from Animal Crossing present, and you could get your picture taken with them. All of this under the streets of Seattle Boardwalk, the aquarium. How magnificent. Mm. We have a website, seattleaquarium.org, and regardless of Halloween, do what it takes to get to that aquarium. You could walk the boardwalk later and get the best fish and chips you could ever imagine. Mm. Well, that sounds like fun. You found quite a few places And we wanted to talk to you early, not just Halloween weekend, but actually a week early because there are all these things going on. And Halloween has definitely become more of a celebrated holiday than it used to be. I I think it was kind of a, a throwaway at the start of Thanksgiving and Christmas. But, you know, now there's a lot of people that go out trick-or-treating and dress up and have parties and and you found quite a bit of things to do i view halloween as us grown-ups refusing to grow up it is still the kids social but come on i'm always going to have a kid in me i used to be one so i like it that these former children that they could be children as well on halloween part of that good childhood we were talking about earlier it's for everybody yeah Yeah, I worked for a company for almost 12 years uh, here in Florida that used to celebrate Halloween. And the night before Halloween, everybody stayed past the normal working hours of nine to five. And in the evening of the 30th, everybody decorated their own departments that they lived in, and they had various themes through all the departments in the company. And I'll tell you, when Halloween Day came, everybody was doing their actual work, whether they were an M&M or a tiger or a skeleton. They were sitting at their desk. They were on their computer. They were answering the phones. They were doing their work. But it was just so much fun. And and when you had a break or you had your lunch, you could go around and see what all the other departments were doing. And it was on five floors. So there was a lot of activity going on. It was I, fun. I love that. That is Halloween, how it's meant to be. The town of Coopville, Washington, celebrates Halloween the entire month. And they have contests who decorated their house the most. They have all sorts of things. Then they have the big parades. The whole town's in on it. We're talking carameled apples, bobbing for apples, scarecrows, jack-o'-lanterns. It's a social that involves everybody. Zero crime rate in that town. Wow. And where is this again? 
Coopville, Washington, just and, and just how, just past Woodby Island, okay. off of Highway 20, Woodby Island, right. Coopville, Washington. Is that ever an all-American town? Oh, that's that's great. It's nice to say this is a little editorial comment. I moved to Seattle area, just south of Seattle, near the airport, back in 1989, the centennial year of Washington State. And I watched that town change and change and change some more. I lived there during the Fraser decade, the 90s. <laughs> and anybody who's been around for that length of time knows what I'm talking about. The feel of Seattle, the feel of Puget Sound, the culture, the people. What an incredible time in my life. I wouldn't trade those days for anything, be they good, bad, or indifferent as individual days go. And we all have our problems. There, but I loved being, in the general sense, a Seattleite. I loved it. Today, people there, still there, tell me, Gary, you just wouldn't recognize the place. And I say, well, I watch the Weather Channel and I see the Space Needle. I'm glad that's still there, but even that's changed. <laughs> it has. My daughter has a view of it from her back deck, and she'll cook me dinners. We'll look at it. And below it is a little coliseum. And I'll say your Uncle Frank was there in the 60s. He saw a concert. Who were they? A band called the Beatles. Oh, mm. I heard they used to be pretty good, and I didn't know how to respond <laughs> to that. <laughs> yes, they made a name for themselves, as I recall. <laughs> they also fished out the window of the Edgewater Hotel. Yes, they did. John Lennon fishing pole and all. Now, we have two very popular corn mazes. And the amazing thing about this is that they're across the street from each other. I visited both of them a few days ago. The Thomas Family Farm is in Sohomish County off of Marsh Road. And if you look up the thomasfamilyfarm.com, you get all the information there. They have, by popular demand, it is back, Nightmare on Nine Haunted House, scarier than ever. Are you brave enough to walk or run through the Snohomish slaughter and rendering plant? Who knows what you'll see? New scenes, new explosions, more zombies, and a few other surprises. This will be the ride of your life if you make it out alive. They have a haunted trail. Go back in time to the ghost town of Blackreach, a quarter-mile-long trail, and let's see if you make it out there alive. And here's what they have. The undead are taking over. They're reaching out for community service. Join the fight manning your paint gun. Put zombies back in their graves. Shoot but never get shot. Glow in the dark. See zombies get splattered because this is a nice nighttime festivity with glow-in-the-dark paint. In the month of August, they have the Sunflower Festival. They hold over the sunflower patch because they have a corn maze with the sunflower maze right next to it, and they are unbelievable. You just have to see them. But they have something else. Nobody is to be left out. An inflatable maze for people who might need the assistance of a wheelchair, a cane, a walker. No one's left out here. And at night, they have the haunted house, zombie paintball, the haunted trail. But they also have private fire pits, and they have become something of their own where families get together and have a block party in those fields, those pumpkin patches. 
you are surrounded by the corn stalks, the fire pit, the benches. It's incredible. They have mini golf, five holes. I was very impressed with that. They have escape rooms there. They have a huge, the biggest beer and wine garden of any of the Halloween festivities. They actually have gem mining there. And I was talking to Marvin Thomas earlier. He and his brother Dennis are fourth generation Thomas running the show. But they point across the street because that's where you have stalker farms, haunted attractions. And when you go down Marsh Road, on one side you see Dennis and his brothers, the Thomas farm. But on the other you see stalker. But don't worry, you're not going to catch a Catfield taking aim at a McCoy. They've been the best of friends for many generations. At www.info at stalkerfarms.com, and they want you to buy tickets in advance, here's what's in store for you. Slasher Family Homestead. Susie Slasher invites you to walk through their property this fall. It's an opportunity for the family to improve on their professional skills so they could put food on the table. Skill sets such as store clerk, dentist, junkyard attendant, chainsaw repair, and butcher. Join us so that the family doesn't go hungry. The morgue now has much more space to store food, and they do not want to have a problem this winter. It's amazing what they have there, but it goes even further. They have Pogo's Funny Farm. Pogo the Clown has his own field of corn to play in. His Pogo Nose followers are now free-range clowns. The Pogo Nose smell fear and eat laughters. You'll never know where they'll pop out next. They're eager to show you their stomping grounds and want you to experience Pogo's big top experience. If you hate clowns, Pogo loves you. They have Esky's Dark Harvest. The Eskies are demonic ancestors of the Slasher family. They infect the land with their archaic rituals of doorways and scarecrows to summon primal creatures. They need blood of the fearful to keep their corn and pumpkins alive. And if you could make it through without the vines grabbing you and taking you under, you've done very well. It's a lot of fun there. Both sides of the street, you can't miss it. Both sides of the street, and that's Highway 9 in Snohomish? Highway 9 in Snohomish, you go to the airport or Marsh. To east is airport, same intersection. West is Marsh Road. But as you approach it, you can see both farms, and they're very well advertised. You can't miss it. It sounds like it's well worth the drive to Snohomish to see it. That sounds really, really good. Matt Shea is our honored guest of the hour, our roving reporter, as we like to call him. Let us take our break now, our one and only break of the hour. And when we come back, more places in and around Seattle for you to visit at Halloween. It's coming up quick, and we'll be coming back quickly after a couple of minutes. Stick with us. We are Manson Mitchell, and thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. 
Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Jody Levon, the happy medium, who talks about the principles of positive living and the value of embracing a life of joy and fulfillment no matter what. On Saturday, Kevin McDonald, fellow KKNW show host, has lived many lives in one and shares about his various careers and remarkable experiences. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, Matt Shea. Matt Shea has acted in as host of Manson Mitchell in the guest host seat today. We are happy to be interviewing him as we have done quite a few Octobers, I noticed, on our schedule Uh, to talk about the spooky stuff, the haunted places, and today the things to do in and around the Puget Sound area. Matt, if people would like to get your books, you've written quite a few. I wasn't sure how many to name in case my number was off, but you've written a lot of books. I want to make sure you give out your website and and, uh, social media, any contact information that you would like to give to our listeners today. Thank you, Suzanne. Uh, we'll lead everybody to my website. It is Matt Shea, S-H-E-A, mattsheabooks.net. And when you bring that up on the very tip top, there is a free audiobook for the family. And I had a lot of actors ad- audition for this one. I got a Shakespearean actor out of California. He was a perfect fit. But again, free for the family. Grandparents can play it for the grandkids. And then we scroll down, there's some more free stories, and then it goes to Amazon and my publishers and other people. So I have a lot of fun with this. Book number 11 is almost out. We just completed the final editing. We think we will have it out before the new year. That's what we're shooting for. But I appreciate that very much, and whenever I'm on the Matson Mitchell Show, people hit that site right away. It makes me feel good. Excellent. MattSheaBooks.net, the place to go to find out the kinds of of really fun, good, wholesome, wonderful stories of small town life and all good things. And as Matt says, any any age from young children to grandparents, they'll all appreciate it. So thank you, Matt. And what else is next on your list for visiting this Halloween in the Seattle area? Well, I have one venue that spawns into 10 
and then it leads to another one. So I'm going to do the Seattle Trick or Drink Seattle Halloween Bar Crawl 2023. And bar crawlers, spelt B-A-R-C-R-A-W-L-E-R-Z, is a Seattle bar crawl like no others. And the best way to contact them is through their website, info at barcrawlers.com. This is a three-day event starting October 27th and 28th, and then Halloween 31st. And what you have to do is buy in advance your wristband because you'll be seeing 10 of Seattle's most popular bars. Upon doing so, you will purchase your bar crawl wristband at Spin Seattle, and from there they will set you up. Now, here are the bars you'll be going to. The Spin Seattle, Blamey Stone, Hard Rock Cafe, Jupiter, Locust Cider Marketplace, Locust Cider Post Alley, Pike's Place Bar and Grill, Provisions, View Lounge, and Kell's Irish Restaurant and Pub, which was built in 1903. They strongly suggest that you wear your Halloween costume. It's fun. And with this wristband, you get free cover. You get amazing prices, discounts on their great food and drinks. And you're going to meet a bump into a lot of your friends, I promise. Now, Kell's Irish Restaurant and Pub was built in 1903. And that was basically the country's first mortuary that did it all. You enter the back of Post Alley where Kells is, but at one time, that's where the hearse and the coroner pulled up for the bodies because the second floor, which has the elevator that was the first one ever on the Pacific Coast designed to move bodies for the embalming, and then once done, it goes to the third floor, which is called the chapel. And today, the chapel is still named the chapel, but it's a popular bar, and you could rent it out for family events and so forth. Getting back to Kell's Irish Bar, when my daughter and I went there, one of the owners sat down, and he asked, you like this haunted stuff, don't you? I go, yeah. He says, trust me, we are. Recently, we did a little construction work on the upstairs, and we must have disturbed spirits. The lights, the orbs, how the electricity was not having a continuity throughout the building. A lot of things were happening, doors opening and that. Kells is renowned for two famous hauntings in particular. They said we've had hundreds upon hundreds report this. The owner says, I myself saw the little girl in the red dress. She meanders about. She's harmless, little mischievous, fun, and she's usually there in the daylight hours. And when families come in, she will see what she has to work with to make a toy like a rag doll and gift it to one of the children as a new playmate. One of the security people called out, a child's not supposed to be here. And when he looked at this child in the red dress, he watched her dissipate. He went down the stairs, walked out of the building, and said, I'll never set foot there again. But they also have another popular ghost. His name is Charlie. And in the bar, when you look at their Guinness mirror, he's usually seen in the upper right corner. And this isn't during happy hour. Throughout the day, 
that face is looking back. When I looked, I think he was taking a nap or out running errands. But Charlie wears a derby. He's clearly dressed from the 1800s. He is known to get out there and mill around when the place is lively with live music and people are happy. And they're seeing this person out of place. And then they watch him vanish. In Kell's bar, mirrors have been known to shatter on the wall without anybody being near them. And of course, things like, why did that glass slide down the bar and nothing else moved? It is definitely haunted. Just stick your head in there and talk to one of the staff. They have lots of stories. Mm. That's fun. What other places do you, there are so many, we'll just get to as many as we can, but your favorites, the all-star lineup. The Georgetown. What have we not gotten to yet? The Georgetown. Georgetown. Oh, well, here we go. Yes, Georgetown. Yes, do okay. tell us about Georgetown. Since, since we're on the topic of morgues, and a little trivia, last year my daughter arrived just when they were closing it for the season. They allowed her in, and she got to walk around with her friends. They were just finishing up and taking it down. It was built in 1928, and it's had its share of hardships there. This Halloween at the this Halloween production was voted into the top 13 throughout the country, and it rated number 11 last year out of the whole nation. That's how good it is. Now, in 1940s. Jazz legend John Figgy Dorsey died in 1947. His body, for whatever reason, was stolen, taken during the embalming process. He was found the next morning on his front yard, dismembered quite a bit. I don't know who, why, or what, but they retrieved the body, completed their task, and gave him a respectable funeral. On April 29, 1965, a 5.7 magnitude earthquake shook the structure, causing crematorium tower number one to collapse, killing one of its owners. I believe it had a total of four towers at one time, and when business was full capacity, they were talking about administering 100 bodies a day. But here, wow. is, here is the big one. Well, they were the biggest of the nation at that point. The Seattle Crematorium Massacre on the evening of October 25, 1968, all nine employees, including the owner, were bound and forced into a crematorium chamber. There were no witnesses. Police questioned if this was illegal activity after business hours and something got out of hand. Now, when I read up on this, some say, well, it kind of didn't happen, it kind of did. Okay, I live at a 55 and older place. I'm one of the youngsters. My older neighbors say, the Seattle Crematorium Massacre, I remember the day they knew everything about it. So I lean towards it as factual. But it has a history of things like that. And today that building has a lot of its original stuff there. It has those walls where you could slide out those long gurneys for people to identify stuff like that. Some of the towers are still there. It still has a pulse from the day it was built. You wow. know, I had an experience like that, but it wasn't in Washington. It was in St. Petersburg, Florida at a famous hotel there. And they have a big ballroom. 
it's, there was nothing happening at the time silent empty well-maintained nice polished floors and i went in there just to stand there for a few minutes and i tell you matt and i tell our listeners i had the eeriest sense that even though i saw nothing but what you would expect to see walking into an empty ballroom i had the very strong impression that suzanne and i were not alone i just felt like it, it was like the um that closing scene of the ballroom at the hotel in the shining yes and then they, they zoom in in the picture and there's jack nicholson you know and all of that if you haven't seen the movie i don't want to spoil anything for you but it's been out a long time go see it. i <laughs> use your kind of thing but yes when i was in that ballroom i thought oh it's like they're dancing right now i felt the presence of unseen spirits i use that analogy equating it to the shining as many places i went they are here i'm not alone and for me to find out. Let's go to our favorite hotel this time of year, the Hotel Sorrento. The Hotel Sorrento had a fabulous presentation called Witch's Tea, but now they have one called It's Alive. It's on October 27th from 7 a.m., from 7 to 10, and they want people to buy tickets in advance. So if you just look them up, Hotel Sorrento, Sorrento.com. They'll give you all the information. This is a literary party featuring the writings of Mary Shelley, who in 1818 wrote Frankenstein. But it also has local authors reading their scary stuff. The food is incredible there. The cocktails are. This is clearly adults only. But if for whatever reason they sell out, still get in that hotel. From top to bottom, inside and out, this 1909 building has its stories. For example, the cooks came up to me and they asked, are you talking about room 408? And I said, yeah, I rented it twice. I chickened out the first time because I heard something. The second time, my daughter kept, kept me company and we braved it for the night. They said, well, you should know about Ramona. That's our spirit in the kitchen who throws things, pushes things over. The entire staff had one haunted story after another from top to bottom. On the penthouse, the piano is known to play by itself. It's not a player piano. Mm. Who wow. is doing that? On fourth floor, they have surveillance cameras. When the elevator opens, no one's there, but a black mist made its way out going down the hallway. Mm. Wow. Spooky raises yeah. the hair on my arm. Spooky all year a, round. All yeah. year round and still an elegant place. I've been in there, uh, evenings activity, going to the bar, chat with some friends. I really loved it. It, it. it can be eerie, as we're just hearing, but it's also a casually elegant place that's very warm and welcoming. It is. But when I checked out the first time, they said, you're leaving? Oh, we have some more stories. So they updated me what happened the past two weeks. Oh, and really? Then, and then my daughter and I stayed there last Christmas Eve. We had Christmas morning there. When we left, they updated more stories. When I contacted in the past month getting ready for this show, they have even more. Alice B. Toklas is their celebrity ghost there. 
but they just don't see her at room 408 or in the elevator. They will spot her at night walking the sidewalks leading up to the hotel. But instead of going through the gate, she goes through the iron rod part of the gate and just kind of miss the way a cloud would. When Mm. you have an entire staff that's worked there for years and they have one story after another, you, it's hard to be a doubting Thomas at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Ooh, spooky stuff. So how about South End? I mean, in in the Tacoma area, they've got to have some spooks there as well, don't they? Oh, they certainly do. It's wherever you want to go. The, um, Tacoma is known for that, and they're very proud that not too long ago they were voted as America's weirdest city. And weird, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. The weirdest city, really? I think they had to work hard to get it, and I don't know if they won it consecutively every year, but they, they were title holders for a while, and I know Tacoma very well. Well, Tacoma, all their landmarks have such stories to it. The old trade station has it, the, ju- the courthouse has it there. And a lot of their restaurants have it there as well. And the Fort Lewis, I associate that with Tacoma. That base is renowned for being haunted. We did a show on it a while back, their museum, and the guards were telling us stories about the shadows, seeing people from last century, hearing soldiers marching on a vacant lot that has since been covered with gravel and tall grass, and nobody's around, and it's unmistakable marching. Tacoma's full of that stuff. And with the military tradition as well, you know, there were friends of our family living in Las Vegas, retired there. And the gentleman who, when he died, was buried in his full naval officer uniform. And my mom, having heard so many stories from him about his years in the Navy, said he never left the Navy. The Navy had to leave him. (laughs) <laughs> and so with military installations, bases, and the like, there it seems that there are soldiers who still feel as though they are on duty. They say that all the time. When they see a mothball fleet, they swear up and down. We did Fort Casey. There are people who come in mediums, and they say there's a lot of soldiers training here. <clears throat> they can still see them, even though they're dressed from the early 1900s. Now, here's a fun place we enjoyed. The Seattle Chocolate Haunted Factory Experience. This is at South yes. Center and Tukwila. Yes. They're open. And the, to look them up, tours at seattlechocolate.com. A factory without power. No chocolate to be found and something sinister lurking in the dark. Will you brave the haunted factory and dest- restore chocolate to all? Fun for ages, 8 to 100. I worked down the street at a hotel and everybody knew in town that was one of their first stops. And if they liked you, well, you got a gift certificate from the chocolate factory. If I showed up to work early or had time, I would swing by just to walk around. It's Willy Wonka alive and well. I love it there. Oh, we do too. We've been to that Seattle chocolate factory in Tukwila, and uh, I love that place. It's, that's someplace I don't mind going every time I, I come to Seattle. Here is an amazing one. Talk about Seattle. This is Nightfall Orphanage. It's for free, but they ask if you bring perishable, non-perishable goods for the West Seattle Food Bank and also a donation for the Washington National Park Fund if you're able to. 
This is a house built in 1926. Their website is breathtaking. I encourage everybody to look at it. Nightfallorphanage.com. Yes, you're parking at a residential area, so we need to have respect. But is it ever done right in this old house, including the yard? The dungeons they have, the ghouls, the people coming up to you, it is amazing and for free. But that website, nightfallorphanage.com, the night is dark and full of wonder. Here you'll find spectral echoes and radiant abysses. Beware of shadows you might find some evil spirit looking in this house that was built in 1926. It is a neighborhood favorite. That is great. You can't get inside at this point, or can you? You can. Their house is open, but keep okay. in mind this is a residential area, and it's right. all for free, but it's about donations for the food bank or the park department. Sure. I think that's sure. a pretty fair shake. I and, do, too. And their website, my gosh, it's, it's up there with the best. I give them five stars. Now, hmm. I love the Nile Shriners. And they're having their 13th annual Niles Nightmare Haunted House. Look them up at nilenightmare.com. They have Dead Man's Cove, Curse of the Nile, Slaughterhouse, Inferna Mining Company, The Wicked Workshop, 3D Circus, Ballinger's Asylum, Poison Pete's Apple Orchard, Hillbilly Holler Trail, Ballinger Cemetery. They have escape rooms, concessions with carnival treats, a beer garden. It's really a family fun fest. But what I love most is that the Nile Shriners are all about. They're assisting you. They're escorting yeah. you where to go. What a great fellowship. I like. I used to do volunteer work for the American Cancer Society there, and I'm just so proud that around the year they got something wonderful going for the community. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds Boy, you have really got quite the list going on there. <laughs> did we run through everything on your list we yet? Did, we did not. We cannot uh -oh. forget Fremont. Do you know Fremont? Oh, yeah. Fremont, We're talking about the center of the universe now. Yes, yeah, center of the yes, universe. Yes, best for last. Fremont is basically Seattle's hate Ashbury. That's one way to put it. They have Trolloween and wear your costume. Trolloween is a birthday party for the Fremont Troll who was built in 1990, all 18 feet of him. And when that troll was built under the bridge, they found a Volkswagen with California license plates and it's kind of crushing it with one hand. And the reason that troll was put there is that the community has a lot of pride Hey, don't go under our bridge if you're going to litter. If you get a trespass, if you're homeless, talk to us. That's not a dumping ground. And hey, city, you could help our roads a bit. Come on, we've been good to you. So the troll is symbolic for many reasons. But what they have is live music and a pageant. And everybody's in their, Holly, their uh, Halloween costume. And then after the potty, party. <laughs> I didn't say that. After the party, they go through Fremont on a ghost hunt. But it's a ah. must. It's a must at midnight that we visit the guest host. We visit that troll under the bridge at midnight on Halloween. Pay oh, our respects. Fun. Yes. Fun. 
Yeah, I've seen that troll. (laughs) (laughs) It startled me the first time I saw it. It was looking back at me. Oh, sure, sure. Well, a lot of fun things to do. I would, as bookish a city as Seattle is, I would think there would be some great stories from haunted libraries. Well, I do know a haunted library in the town of Snohomish, just down the street where I live, because that's where the Oxford Saloon is that was built in 1895. That's where the Cabbage Patch Restaurant, both of them have their share of haunted stories. When I did shows in Snohomish, I would walk up to an old timer and say, hey, I'm doing a radio show about haunted Snohomish. Oh, I've lived here. They would tell you things. The library had a former worker there, a volunteer, and they would see her upstairs at night going through files, walking around, kind of keeping herself busy. And the theory behind it was her gravesite never had a tombstone. It was unmarked. They took a collection. They got a tombstone, put it there, and they have since not seen the ghost. That is a story. That is a story of their yeah. haunted library, and they since refurbished it. It's renovated mm-hmm. as if it was built today. But hey, that's a structure going back last century. Mm. You know, Matt, Gary, and I really appreciate the fact that we we love talking with you as the reporter on the beat because you go to all these places, you see these things, you talk to these people. So it's more than just a, a, a radio or a telephone interview. You've really been to a lot of these places, and you've seen them firsthand. When, so, you, when you talk to these people, one good yeah. turn serves another. Um, yeah. I was up in Arlington, and a woman mentioned, well, I was raised here. Do you know about Stanwood? And I go, yes, they have a very famous haunted hotel there that was built in 1894. She said, if you drive past that, Eventually, you have a T in the road. If you take a right, you'll see an old fire station, and across the street, you'll see an old cemetery. She said, take my word for it, it's haunted. We've heard stories. When we get there, you just feel it. We, we leave quickly. So that's on my map. I've toured all of them in the state. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing this great information today. You're always so diligent, Matt. I, I, yeah, I love that. A job well done every time. That. You make us proud, Senor. And, and people can find this in the archives under the podcast at 1150kknw.com because maybe you heard something today and you say, now what was the name again? And you can hear the show again, pick up that name and go see that thing that you wanted to see. Thank you so much, Matt Shea. Hey, thank you very much. It's not Halloween without the Mats and Mitchell team, especially when Nathan's on board with us. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in today. Have yourselves a great weekend. We hope you enjoy whatever the weather brings you, indoor, outdoor. You're in Seattle and environs, and we envy you. Have a great weekend. Here's what's coming up next week on Manson Mitchell. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Jody Levon, the happy medium, who talks about the principles of positive living and the value of embracing a life of joy and fulfillment no matter what. On Saturday, Kevin McDonald, fellow KKNW show host, has lived many lives in one and shares about his various careers and remarkable experiences. 
bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150.